Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energized, brought to you by Forged Irish Stout. Ross, are you intoxicated or something? How are you keeping, bud? Man, I'd be dying to be intoxicated after some of that Forged Irish stew. Unbelievable. Forged Irish stew, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look class out. We're another episode of the Ultimate Fighter Deep. That's why we're here. Yeah. Um, Week nine, Ross. That- Episode 9, yeah, episode 9 episode it is. Nine. Uh, we saw the lightweight semi-finals go down between Austin Hubbard and Roosevelt Roberts. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was an episode that was half fighting, half the show. So, uh, it, it's um, obviously we'll discuss a small bit about the fight, but I suppose the kick the episode off was uh, we saw the semi-finals being made and we also got to see um, people have the opportunity to change allegiance uh, to Team McGregor. Uh, Barry... Do you think Dana White was right? Do you think more people would have moved to McGregor's team if it wasn't for the outburst at the end of uh, the last episode? Um, I actually don't think so. I think like they've been on Team Chandler the whole way through. Chandler knows like how they all perform, like uh, in the build of the fights, all the training, and um, if they were then to move to McGregor's team, then Chandler would know everything about them. Be like, right, do this, do that, do do the other. You know what I mean? So. Um, I think they were smart to stay on the same team. Bar obviously, Bracatona going to Team McGregor. Finally, Ross. Yeah, finally there, wearing, wearing that blue. We'd love to see it. Or teal, some people might say. Uh, but <laughs> what 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 a move. What a move. Um, Why wasn't it green, to... by the way? Probably should have been green. Probably should have been green. Um, yeah, Bracatona has moved across team. He sort of, I thought it was going to be sort of instantaneous, but it looks like we don't really see much of that till next week. Uh, it's hard to get the, the timeline right of what actually happened on what day. But, uh, yeah, Brad Katona is now Team McGregor. So uh, it's himself and then Ricky. So, like, just the, just the two two dogs Rico. there. At, or Rico, sorry, just the two dogs there at, at Bantamweight. So, uh, yeah, the lightweights have all stayed, Team Chandler. Um, I actually think... Oh, I'll actually ask yourself, Baz. Do you think after watching Hubbard versus uh, Roosevelt Roberts, which... Wasn't the most entertaining fight, but also I, I don't want to shit in it too badly. It wasn't the worst fight of all time. Do you think one of them should have moved to Team McGregor in hindsight? No, no, I think they're both still right. Um, personally, I th- I th- personally, I would have thought Roosevelt Roberts should have moved across. I think with his like striking style, I think he actually could have picked up a few tips from Team McGregor, and I felt like McGregor was underlyingly up for him. He was sort of giving him a small bit of coaching. Uh, I don't think he gave really Austin Hubbard any coaching. Yeah, but ha- how many days would they have had training with Connor? I don't even think it's necessary. The days, like it was absolutely pin drop silence when they were fighting. So yeah, yeah you no could hear the feet dragging either. across the mat. Yeah, there was there was no there was no coaching from either end. So like, just actually have someone in your corner and give you some advice. The most talking nice. was from the two lads fighting each other. Yeah, and there were there were too of, much best friends there, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> they were, they were. Um, look, didn't sit, didn't sit well with me that fight. I thought I actually thought Roberts won. I actually thought Roosevelt Roberts slammed the better shots. And I, I thought I thought Roberts won, won round one, and then I thought Austin won round two, and then it was just a bit of a stalemate at the end of the day. They were obviously number one training partners. Yeah, of course. And look, it was a split decision, so it's not like uh, 
I'm not I'm not claiming robbery here or anything like that. I just thought I I had a score for Roberts, but like again, much of a muchness really. Uh, what did you make of Roberts having to cut off his hair to make way? Got to do what I don't you really know. do. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe oh, you oh, probably could have shaved the armpit hair or something. Maybe you know. Yeah, I'm not really just a massive fan of someone having that long a hair. If they want to fight like just it's going to get in the way at some stage. So I rather they didn't have it. But uh, was it the last time that happened? Was um, Brian Ortega? Uh, potentially, it, it sort of happened a few times. I've seen it, but like I can't. Like he's probably the most notable. Yeah, one for it to happen. So you see, sometimes fighters arrive with the shaved head to the scale, and you're like, oh, they obviously knew they weren't making the weight, and they've already done it. And some like go on the scale, don't make the weight, and then shave the head. So, uh, although it was interesting to hear the commission be like, oh, if he shaves his head, he'll allow it. I was like, like, whatever it says on the scale is your weight. So, like, you can't be like, oh, no, you can't cut your hair. Like, if that's what he wants to do, that's what, that's, that's what he can do. Like, I just thought that was a bit of a, a strange interaction, that. Yeah. Maybe you should have laid off the, the forged Irish stew rot. Yeah. Get, get we always seem to be talking about food in this show. <laughs> we do indeed, but uh, I actually think was a... Did, did I not see on um, the Black Forge's Inn that they were uh, uh, Liam, the main man, the uh, the head honcho in the Black Forge Inn. He was actually yeah. uh, with the chef there. They were pouring uh, pints of forged Irish stew into the stew. So... Uh, We'll have to we'll have to hit the guys up for a few more cans. And we'll have to make a four dollars stew at home. I think you've you've had enough cans, Ross. I need more cans. <laughs> Do you think five cans was enough to put into the stew, Ross? Nah, like how many people were there? About fifteen. Ah, you need at least ten cans in there. No, there would have been more. Two teams, eight, eight, sixteen, and then yeah, but, not, yeah, but they didn't feed all the team Tanners. Yeah, but you know how it is. If someone's cooking food over there, you're like, I don't want that. And if someone's like, here, there's more left, you're like, first up to get it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Look, can't be a good else, Stu. Can't be a good else, Stu. Yeah. So, uh, fair play to Connor coming in and feeding the fam. Didn't see Chandler coming in and feeding, feed, feeding the fam. <sighs> you know what I mean? Connor sets the standards here, Ross. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What did uh, you make of uh, the Black Forge in, by the way? Run down a Forge or your stout? Look. When it's the most, when it's the most sought after drink in the country, like that, these things happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Selling out to carry out off license, like there's no tomorrow. It's tasty stuff, like you know what I mean. It really, really is. You can't beat it. So I'm not surprised it's selling out left, right, and centre from everywhere. Sure, Connor himself had to go do an emergency run to uh, the brewery to get a, get a few uh, extra kegs in. So uh, you know, load up the range and uh, get the kegs over. You know, I thought I saw John Cavan in a Bentley, man. He was in the Bentley, but that was just for the tour, you know. Um, but uh, look, that that looks like uh, some operation they have there. So uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe we'll get a, get a tour of it ourselves someday. Yeah, maybe at the Christmas party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for people tuning in right now, Ross, next week, Bragatona is taking on Timor Valuev. And like that is, that's one that uh, the whole country would be very interested in, Ross. Yeah, that could be a final uh, for me. I think they're the two best bantamweights left. Uh, I think those two guys are definitely elite UFC level talent. Uh, Timur Valiev gets a, a visit from Islam Makachev. I wonder does Islam Makachev uh, cross paths with Conor McGregor at any stage? If he does, that would be very, very interesting. This is number one bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's uh, let's see how it goes. But uh, 
Bragatonos moves to Team McGregor. He's got his wish, and let's see how that goes from. I think we all got our wish there, Ross. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, tough as uh, heating back up. And let's see how uh, Team Chandler's team takes that Brad's Brad's move across. I can't wait. The, uh, the he put a post out being like uh, Brad put a post out being like check check me out on on uh, tough next week to see if I make it to the finale and I put a gif in winking. Yeah. So uh, I have a good feeling seeing that Ross. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. You up you up to brag Tona. It'd be funny if uh, McGregor won one fight in the quarterfinals and had two people in the final. Yeah. The comeback's on, man. The comeback, the comeback is on. The comeback is on. The comeback is on. Uh, one thing that has proven the comeback is on is the return of Reese McKee and Ken Lockran to the UFC. I know, yeah. well, like, return for Reese and uh, Ken Lockran also signing to the UFC. Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. no, no, I know what you meant. Yeah, no, Reese is back. Uh, look, well deserved. Like, that fella, that fella has finished everyone. That uh, cage warriors put in front of him. He won the belt. He defended the belt. Uh, a lot of people are fans of Reese. A lot of people are fans of his fighting style. He he's really shown. He's he's improved levels. I feel like if you look at his his picture on UFC.com versus you look at his uh, picture of him with the cage warriors belt, like he's actually filled out so much. Uh, a few more that, tattoos. That, yeah, a few few more tattoos. I wonder is that uh, some of that stealth training kicking in that uh, that he does up there. Um, Look, he, he seems to he seems to have found new levels to the game, and uh, he seems to be predominantly doing his training camps up at Foyle Academy Ireland. They have about sixty bodies on on the mat at all times. Like it's, it's all the time, it's even when it's closed, Ross. Yeah, even when it's closed. So uh, <laughs> he's getting the work in there with uh, Pat and Chando. So great to see. Uh, can't wait to see him back in there uh, September second in Paris. Yeah, and then, if you haven't checked out our show with Reese, make sure to check it out. Um, it's a uh, it was a special occasion. Yeah, and then as for Caelan Lockeran, like, you know, this guy, he talks the talk, but he backs it up. Um, he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with at bantamweight. He, he's not there to make any friends. He, he's there to get to the top. <laughs> and you could I'd love to see him, him in a tough part. season, Ross. Sorry for interrupting. I'd love to see him in a tough season. Yeah, I don't think he'd uh, rub too many people up the wrong way. Uh, whenever we're in the DMs with him, like, he basically tells us everyone's shite. So, uh, even us. Yeah, even us. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he does get on. But uh, look, he's a very talented individual. Uh, he's got great wrestling pedigree. Does a lot of uh, rounds in with Mike Grundy over in Team Cowboy. Uh, we've seen him get some uh, some nice submission wins. And, you know, his strike his striking is uh, always elite. Like, that's what we see him beat Dylan Hazan with um, over in Italy to capture that Cage Warriors title. So... Yeah, Ken Lockran is definitely uh, someone to watch out for come, come uh, September 2nd. Yeah, when he's striking, he reminds me of uh, Darren Hill, in a way. Yeah, but that's he obviously that, team. Sort of, that bit of bounce on the step. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of Irish MMA, um, over the weekend, UFC London went down and Sean O'Bannon competed on the card. Now, the whole way through, Ross, like, um, the hype Sean was getting was actually pretty sensational. Uh, it was. But do you think she was getting more hype than Ian Gary did in his debut? I think so. I think. I think if you look at that UFC London card, she was one of the most looked at people in the entire card. I know she was fighting second fight of the night, but you know, in terms of what was going on, the clicks, who was watching, who was interviews, you know, what I mean, she was the ones people were really, really looking out for. Um, she was on 
the BT Sports or TNT Sports, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, with um, Bisming TNT. and the lads. Um, so like, she she was getting the rub there. Ariel, Ariel. had her on. You know what I mean? She was she was getting the rub off all, all the right media at the right time. So uh, she she and she held herself really really well. Obviously, uh, Connor uh, sponsored her with Forge Irish Dow. Um, so great to see them. Not only looking after us, they're looking after her as well. Um, incredible to see, and everyone was really invested in her this weekend. And to to be honest, I'm not surprised. Like she's she's built for it. I think she's. A superstar in the making. Uh, I suppose if you want to get into the fight, obviously, you know, not many people get to strap on the glove six fights into their career. It's quite a rare occasion. Um, and especially one who as highly touted uh, as she is coming into it. And look, maybe the occasion slowly got to her a bit. Maybe she was a bit nervous. Um, I don't, I, I think, you know, she probably didn't fight her perfect game plan the way she normally does. It was sort of, a lot on the feet. There wasn't as much grappling uh, as we've seen in uh, previous fights. And I think it was a bit of a point-style uh, fight. And I think maybe if she sits down on her shots a bit more and puts a more, bit more power on them, I think it could have been a different outcome. I don't think, you know, if she fights Bruno Brazil again in her next fight, I don't think you're necessarily going to get the same fight again. I think she has all the tools there to get the job done. We'll just have to, you know, re-put them together and, you know, have a better showing on the night, and I think she knows that, and we know that. Do you think it was? Would you say Bruno Brazil would be one of the biggest women in the division? Yeah, like must be. Like it's it's sort of uh, hard to say for definite. Like I had no idea what size she was going to be going into that fight, but yeah, she looked really, really big. Like she looks like she'd easily be bigger than a lot of flyweights as well. So it will be interesting to see in China's next fight, like. Is Shauna somewhat undersized? Like, it made me question me being like, is Shauna undersized for strawweight? Yeah. I didn't think she was, but like, against Bruno Brazil, she definitely looked it. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know what, how big Bruno Brazil is, but like, she looked big. Um, and look, she she hit hard as well, Bruno Brazil. Yeah, I, like, I, I, she gave Shauna a few smacks, and like, Shauna was just like, bit down the gum shield and came for more. Like, yeah, Shauna. Like, Shauna proves she, she's worthy team. of being there. Yeah, she she has, she has a good chance. She's definitely worthy of being there. I look forward to seeing her fight again. It's not like she got absolutely blown yeah. out the water. Like no, it, she got was, better through each round. I I yeah. thought she lost the first round. I thought the second round was very close, and then the third round I thought she won. Yeah, she wasn't a million miles away from stealing the decision. In my opinion, yeah. I felt like I felt like she definitely won the round three. I felt like she definitely lost round one, and like I feel like she marginally lost round two, but like one or two big shots the other way. Yeah. And yeah, I would give them to her. So like, yeah, I I don't really uh, I don't really doubt it. To be honest. Yeah, but uh, no, Sean will be back. Like, she, look, fifteen minutes in the bank there. Mm. Like now, now, like now, she knows what the level is. I think she's going to come back stronger from it. And that's when we put the post out as well, being like, look, all week she got it. Like she got some serious backing. Uh, the whole country were tuning in, looking forward to seeing it. Like you know, I mean, it was on. My dad was even watching. I know he watches our shows. Shout out that, but uh. Like he was at home watching the fights as well, and um, it just had loads of people talking about it. Um, I felt like it was necessary to put a post out after. Uh, even Connor get, sent us a DM for like telling us what he thought of the fight and uh, how much of a star he sees Shauna being and is and will be as well. Look, as you said earlier, not many people get to lace up the gloves after six professional fights, and uh, there's plenty more to come. And Ross, like at the moment now, there's five Irish 
UFC fighters in the UFC. And uh, we, you made an unbelievable poster there yesterday. I would lie and say I made it, but this time I have to give you the credit point. Yeah, I think UFC Dublin uh, 2024 is on the cards uh, more than it's ever been. I think we might be looking somewhere around July. It's probably going to be three arena, but you know we're we're vying for Crow Park or the Aviva. <laughs> I think I think uh, we could definitely fill it one way or the other. Uh, look, it's going to be spectacular. Uh, I think all those guys should get fights on the card, but like there's plenty more to come as well. Um, how Paul Hughes hasn't been signed at this stage, I don't know, but uh, surely he's the next man in. Um, Kiefer Crosby as well. Like his win over uh, Cowboy Oliveira was very, very impressive getting the finish, especially considering Oliveira then went on to fight in Titan and got an impressive win himself. So it just goes to show that like Oliveira was wasn't uh, down and out. Um, no. Also, uh, we have Andreas Binder who just won the LFL lightweight title. He he looks like he's going to be a handful at lightweight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he he just beat Aiden Lee. He was a teammate of Leon Edwards, so like that's a huge win. Uh, Danny McCormick, who's the Invictus Strawweight champion, she's definitely there thereabouts. Uh, one more win, and she could be signed herself. And then obviously Lee Hammond's competing on tough, so we're just waiting to hear whether he's got that contract in the bag. And then obviously we have the um, you know adopted Irish uh, sons like Johnny Walker, Gordon Nelson, Bragatone as well. So like <laughs> there's so many people to be signed. And Molly McCann. And yeah, and Molly McCann. So many people who are who are like primed and ready to fight on that next UFC card and like who knows uh, what else will come around by the time um, by the time that Dublin card comes around like some of the people could have two or three fights and really put themselves in a prime position to get signed to the UFC come July next year is there any other I know you mentioned five um, potential fighters but is there anyone else that you think could be on the up on the come up Ross um, I, I think they're the main ones right now but like obviously there's People who are there, thereabouts, in terms of, like, the next lineup, like, you know what I mean? Like, if Ryan Shelley gets gets a win, a win or two, and, like, you know what I mean? That call comes, because I know sometimes the call comes before the belt. That can happen as well. Um, you know, James Sheen's probably two wins away from fighting for a Cage Warriors welterweight title. Like, who's to say that one doesn't come about as well? Um, Leon Hill, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's on a tear at the moment fighting this weekend, Cage Warriors uh, in Rome. You know what I mean? Like, George Hardwick's going to vacate that um, Cage Warriors lightweight belt. and He's un- he's an undefeated star on the rise, so he'll say he doesn't win that lightweight belt and get signed to the UFC as well. So there's a few, there's a few coming from a few different avenues. And then, like, I know Open Fight Academy Ireland, like, they're really high on Paddy McCurry. Could be a bit early from uh, come July next year, but, like, he, he, that man looks like he's got all the potential in the world to get the get the job done. Yeah. And maybe even Redzer. Also, shout out Andy Ryan. It's Andy Ryan's birthday today. If one of us goes to war, we all go to war. Um, Ross, well, like just wrapping up UFC London, like that was a huge win for Tom Aspinall there. Who would you actually like to see him fight next? Because the poll we put out, either Jones or Miocic, the winner of that fight, or else Pavlovich. The majority of people pick Pavlovich. I think you do. Co-main event, UFC 295. In Madison Square Garden, Tom Aspinall versus Sergei Pavlovich. And that way, you also have a built-in replacement if one of the lads falls out to fight for either the belt or the interim belt. Uh, I think it's the the way to do it. Although, I also sort of feel like if Jones got injured and Stipe was still there, I'd keep the Aspinall-Pavlovich fight uh, in place and make that for the interim. Because uh, 
I really like Pavlovich versus Aspinall's fight. I think it doesn't go past one round. I think both lads are, are just on tear at the moment. But uh, I'd also love to see Pavlovich and Aspinall both fight John Jones. Both unbelievable! Unbelievable as always, Ross. Like Sometimes when you speak, it's like music to my ears. Or else sometimes I'm like, what is he talking about? But uh, Ross, <laughs> Cage Warriors was also on over the weekend. Attacking Mandu was back in the wheel col- win column, 3-2. He moved up a division, six days notice. The attack is back, baby. Yeah, he absolutely is. Uh, it was a phenomenal performance. Really, really composed. Uh, his yeah. striking was excellent. You never know he took that fight on six days notice. He, he bossed his opponent around the cage, who was undefeated. And uh, he looked really calm and collected in there. It was one of the most impressive performances I've seen from the cat. Uh, and there I was can't pressure wait to going into in that, there. Ross. There Big pressure, pressure going into, into it. I'd love to actually see him stick a featherweight. I think he looks really good at featherweight. And I, I, I'd love to see him stay at that weight class. I think he looks big for that weight class as well. Yeah, but you think at bantamweight, he would have been able to take them four shots to the groin. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, they Those uh, those shots to the groin were uh, pretty harsh, to say the least. Oh, they, they were very harsh. Yeah, and then uh, in the main event, um, uh, Mick Staunton defeated James Webb in the first round. That was a slobber knocker for how long it went on for, but uh, Mick Staunton goes marching on. Uh, Ross, who else in the card impressed you? Because obviously there's wins for Charrier, there was wins for Vichenich, there was wins for Hardwick. And Luke Royley as well. I think all four featherweights who won impresses, but they were all supposed to win, I think, in our in our books. Um I love I'd I'd actually love to see Luke Royley versus Harry Hardwick. I think that boxing between both them would be absolutely insane. Uh, I think that that would be class. It might be one fight maybe too early for Luke Royley, but I, I wouldn't hate it. Um and I'd love to see Luke Royley like Luke Royley's next fight is already booked in for Manchester, by the way. Perfect. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not against. It's not against Harry. Oh, he's already got an opponent and all. Yeah, it was the opponent that he was meant to fight in his last fight in Manchester. He's fighting that guy again this time. I think he's Swedish. Okay, well, fair enough. At least, at least that's booked in. Uh, I suppose. Uh, I think from that Manchester card as well. Am I right in saying James Hennon versus Herrera is booked? So, like, you know, what I mean, there's the very much the makings of a little featherweight tournament going on. Uh, there and I, I would love to see Charrier fight Paul Hughes over in Paris. I know we touched on that before, but you know, Charrier's obviously got a big following, he brings a crowd with him everywhere he goes. And a rematch for Paul Hughes in Paris would be absolutely epic. Uh, we all saw what went down in York Hall when those two like faced off and how nuts the Irish fans are going, how nuts the French fans are going, and then like that final ex- exchange in the fifth round. So, for that, was just it was an all time classic for Cage Warriors. We don't do it, but so maybe like we do absolutes. Yeah, man, it was. And I can't wait to see them back this weekend live in UC Fight Pass, baby. Uh, in the main event, Hack is taking on Mark Dagoni for the Flyway title, Ross. Uh, also on the card is Mason Jones. He's finally got an opponent. He's taking on Alexandre Ribeiro. And also, people have to watch out for James Power against Michael Pagani. And then uh, Ireland. Make sure to tune in. Team KF's Leon Hill is taking on Dimitriou Grelian, who had a viral knockout win against the undefeated Adam Cullen-Ross. Yeah, absolutely. So a uh, big step up uh, again for Leon Hill. Let's see if he can uh, step up to the mark and get the job done and start marching towards that lightweight belt. And then, Ross, obviously Saturday night. There is obviously uh, Irish MMA fans. Make sure to check out Cage Conflict 10 SummerSlam. But UC 291 is going down in Salt Lake City. 
and it is being headlined by Dustin Poirier against Justin Gaethje for the BMF title, Ross. The only it, title it, you ever is... wanted in life. Exactly, exactly. One more shout-out for Irish MMA. Uh, Armand Herzig and Chemrock are fighting on Octagon as well, so definitely make sure to check that out as well. You up those lads too. But uh, yes, UFC 291, the BMF belt goes live from uh, Salt Lake City in Utah. Uh, Justin Gaethje, the highlight, faces the diamond, Dustin Poirier. Uh, this one is a rematch. Dustin Poirier won the first match. Uh, this has for the year candidate written all over it. But uh, I think on on this on this occasion, in my opinion, Justin Gaethje will get his hand raised and he's going to walk out with the BMF belt. So, what that's an official that? prediction, Baz. What you makes can you think that? In. You're going to change your mind about 10 times this week, bud. So, like, no, what's uh, you I'm think locking that in. After watching Justin Gaethje uh, dismantle Rafael Fiziev in London, I thought that was an absolute excellent performance. I feel like it was the most calculated Justin Gaethje we've ever seen. And Salt Lake City uh, is also uh, a city that's t- uh, in really high altitude, and Justin Gaethje trains at really high altitude. Uh, obviously, Justin Poirier trains in Coconut Creek, Florida. That has very low altitude, so I think the altitude is going to play a factor here, and I think Justin Gaethje is going to have the gas tank to go all day. I think Poirier is going to tire and I think Justin Gaethje is going to get a TKO finish in round number three. That smells like recency bias, Ross. Nah, but that's that's what I'm predicting. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going for, and uh, he's the man. Like he's the man. Well, in fairness, like I think they're both the men. Like that's why they're fighting for the BMF title. I'm gonna have to go with just uh, uh, <laughs> Dustin Poirier on this one. Um, I just think like he just keeps getting better and better. Um, he's beaten Gaethje before, and I think when you're going into a fight like this, uh, like it's gonna be hard for Dustin not to believe he can do it again. So uh, I'm gonna go Dustin Poirier. Ross, you're going Gaethje. You're trying to be the hipster's choice, rocking that new shirt, man. Typical. That's it. That's it. But uh, Ross, like. The card is absolutely loaded. Like, this is a serious card. Uh, this may require an all-nighter. Um, in the comment event, Jan Blachowicz is taking on Alex Pereira. Poetan. Yeah, I, I suppose there was talks. Is this one going to be made for the vacant light heavyweight title? Jamal Hill's vacated the belt. Uh, I think the winner of this is more than likely going to fight Yuri Prohaska. Um, for me, I probably shouldn't pick against him, but I'm going to pick against Jan Blachowicz, and I'm going to go for Pereira. What? I just think... Uh, Pereira's strike on the feet is so slick. I think it's uh, he holds so much power, and he's obviously doing a uh, training camps with Clover Chair now. He was uh, one of his head coaches now, so I feel like and Pereira is yeah, and chef. So I feel like <laughs> Pereira is going to get the upper hand in this one, and I I have him walking out with the W, and I think he's going to fight uh, Yuri Prohaska for the undisputed title uh, next. Which I'm not going to lie, that's a pretty exciting matchup as well. This actually seems like we planned this out, but um, I'm actually going for Jan Blachowicz. I think this fight could be like a, like a mirror image of Jan Blachowicz against Israel Adesanya. Uh, Ross, do you think that should have been the main event? Because like, these two lads are both former champions, and in the main event, it's two former interim champions. Uh, well, th- there's no belt on the line. You know what I mean? The baddest man on the planet. You know what I mean? That has to, that has to, go, uh, that has to go in the main no, event. No, it's the baddest so. motherfucker. Yeah, baddest motherfucker. Same Not thing. Bad bad okay, baddest motherfucker in the UFC uh, has has to be the main event. So uh, no, I'm happy enough that uh, see Gaethje and Poirier go for five rounds. I'm all about it. 
Yeah, you know, in fairness, I, I, I wouldn't mind if this was five rounds as well, but it's not. But look, it's going to be an unbelievable event. You know, you have Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Pereira. You have uh, Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson. Uh, you have Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. Like, that main card is just absolutely stacked from start to finish. I can't wait for it. It's going to be an unbelievable event. And, you know what I mean? Get the cans of Forge Irish out from Carry Out Off License and sit in with the lads and have a blind beano. Uh, you forgot to mention the one and only Derek Lewis is on the card. My balls yeah, are hot. His balls are his balls are very hot. <laughs> uh, Barry Moore come with the sound bites, but uh, yeah, Baz, any, anything to close out with? Ross, I think this was another good show. Um, we have a few more guests coming on in the next few weeks. Uh, make sure to tune in to them as well. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. If you're watching on UC Five Pass, make sure to give us a heart. Ross, always f- fascinating to talk to you, brother. Always fascinating, fascinating as ever. Um, guys, thanks so much. Thanks a million so much for listening. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. Smash. Uh, really helps us grow. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. And as always, stay, stay energized. Energized, show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you're done. Some interviews with Dylan Moran and that I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.